should build. It's uh, about 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And, of course, we present another episode of This Week on Donnington Abbey. Donnington Abbey. Well, yeah, Trump. I don't know. His NATO appearances in the past have pretty much been a disaster for him. I'm sure he's going to get back in Merkel's face, and you know what? It's not going to do him any good. Uh, Merkel is not budging on the uh, German contribution to NATO. She's already pointed out to him that, well, we've agreed to do this by 2024 with Barack Obama, and we're not changing this. So... Big deals, you know. Donald likes to endlessly talk about his impending big deals, and if you look at it, very few of them actually materialize. It's all bluster, bluster, and secret deals, <clears throat> large quantities of undisclosed cash, and of course, he successfully distracted attention from his uh, disastrous uh, intervention in military matters over the past week by. Making a surprise visit to Afghanistan, where he once again falsely asserted that he's ending endless wars, but there simply is no evidence of this. And uh, his announcement that he's going to reopen negotiations with the Taliban without the participation of the Afghan government is bizarre, to say the least. Well, unless... You contextualize it by saying, hmm, how could Putin best uh, benefit from this particular arrangement? Oh, well, then it makes perfect sense 
since pretty much everything he seems to be driven to do on the world stage is calculated either exclusively towards his own personal well-being benefit and or gain and that of Putin. I mean, his continuous ongoing shenanigans vis-a-vis NATO are, of course, a body of evidence testifying to that fact. Well, and it's also troubling to see that uh, um, Chief Operations Specialist Edward Gallagher is now going to be a apparently a prominent campaigner for the Donald. Uh, he's been appearing on Fox News uh, pretty regularly over the last couple of weeks, which is very troubling um, because if you go back and you actually check the trial, the court-martial that he had, um, he was pretty much accused of shooting civilians in yeah, cold blood. And he, he might make the uh, regular uh, usual gang of idiots at Fox look anemic by comparison. I say, this guy's actually got a taste for blood. Well, he does. Uh, and, a penchant for cruelty, that is, uh, reputation-wise, amongst his peers. And it's amazing because... Um, you know, a month ago when they sort of announced that Trump was starting to muddle around and meddle around in this, that's right, it was Giuliani that famously said, we're not going to uh, meddle in elections, we're going to meddle in investigations, <laughs> as he announced this. And that turned out to be not a slip of the tongue, but right. an actual straight up, you know, uh, <laughs> statement of fact. Yeah, and then a month later in an interview with Stephanopoulos, <clears throat> George Stephanopoulos, Trump... Uh, actually said that he wouldn't mind uh, using dirt from foreign governments on his political opponents to the astonishment of uh, George Stephanopoulos. And, yeah, it actually appears in the whistleblower complaint, who uh, apparently the, the new strategy is by the GOP to try and out him for some unknown reason. Uh, well, I mean, Trump says all these things out in public and on TV and right into a microphone uh, when he says, hey, China, China should look into this whole thing, too. Um, Nixon's, you know, s tapes were all secret and sort of released grudgingly to, to at best. Yeah. And of course, he came out with his uh, version of the so-called White House transcripts back in April of 30th of 1974 that uh, proved to be uh, sort of an inaccurate depiction of what he actually said. Uh, William Barr apparently was unavailable for work at that time, but uh, I heard over the week recently that William Ruckelshaus Ruckelshaus passed away. Passed away yeah. Yeah. And he, of course, is famous for being the the number two in the Justice Department. When Nixon ordered the firing of Archibald Cox, who was subpoenaing the tapes, uh, he ordered Attorney General Elliot Richardson to fire Cox. He refused to do so and resigned. He then ordered Ruckelshaus to do so, and he refused, and he resigned, and he stood up for principle. And well, he was an old-fashioned right. Uh, moderate Republican from the Midwest. And it, it's worth adding on to that real quick that uh, Republicans have used this sort of artificial cudgel to beat on Democrats regarding appointments to the Supreme Court by pointing back to the Robert Bork appointment in the Reagan era as 
oh, the Democrats were unreasonable. Bork was a guy who was credentialed properly and, and should have been an easy uh, nominee to the court, but they just refused to accept that guy as a nomination. Well, that's true because there was a reason why they refused to do so, and that's because Bork was the first guy in line of secession there at yeah. the DOJ to say, okay, I'll fire the special investigator. I mean, the, the first two, uh, it was a principled matter. Bork clearly was not a principled fellow and was willing to do Nixon's hatchet job. And that's why Bork was unfit for the Supreme Court. One of the reasons, and of course, um, one of the very interesting things about rereading some of the actual uh, Supreme Court rulings on questions involving Richard Nixon are their repeated assertion that um, the president does not have the right to interfere in uh, proper judicial proceedings, that the House of Representatives is the sole, has the sole power of impeachment, we're going to hear a lot of confusion, smoke and mirrors and noise, and the Trump fog machine is going to be operating in full tilt over the next couple of weeks. Um, Lindsey Graham's going to get all sweaty and stoking it up. Since the Judiciary Committee is opening up their version of hearings, official hearings, uh, on Wednesday. Um, so that ought to be an interesting thing. I think the first day, by the way, they're all they're doing is interviewing constitutional scholars. Uh, three weeks ago, Trump was complaining about the process. Crybaby Trump. It's no fair. It's I don't no get fair. any representation. I don't get to cross-examine people. And then he's offered to be present and cross-examine. And they've moved the goalposts again, uh, claiming that Bill Clinton had two and a half weeks to get ready for cross-examination. Well... Trump claims that the Democrats have been talking about impeachment for three years, which is false. Um, he seems to have amnesia. The Republicans controlled the House of Representatives and the Senate for the first two years of his presidency. There were no discussions of impeachment. I mean, sure, there were. There was a lot of wishful thinking. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh. there was speculation on uh, some of the cable chat shows and whatnot, but there was no serious effort to impeach Trump uh, in 2017. People were investigating what happened here with Russia. Um, by the way, uh, Glenn Simpson and uh, his co-author, Mr. Fritsch, I think his first name is Rob, but don't quote me on it. They have a new book out explaining why Trump uh, should not be allowed to rewrite history. It's Peter Fritsch. Um, and their book, by the way, is Crime in Progress Inside the Steele Dossier and the Fusion GPS Investigation of Donald Trump, uh, which goes into the details of their interactions with sources, uh, how Glenn Steele got involved in this, and some of the lies that Rudy Giuliani has been spreading uh, low these many years. As for Chief Officer Edward Gallagher, let's remember that he was acquitted of charges this year that he had engaged in a range of misconduct, including theft, drug use, and uh, murder. He's the one that posed with, uh, uh, basically, he... 
A dead captive. He shot uh, unarmed stabbed. civilians. Uh, stabbed. Yeah. In this, and, that particular case, yeah. In that particular case, and then took a photo of it. and so, Stabbed someone who was bound. Sort of celebrated it yeah. on the internet. Uh, very That's a class act. Class act. So he's going to be a great character witness for Donald Trump. Uh, this, by the way, uh, was reported over a month ago regarding the fact that the military was going to clean house regarding some of the misconduct of Navy SEALs. And while I am convinced that 98% of Navy SEALs or maybe 94% are perfectly honorable people and adhere to the rules of uh, war regarding uh, uh, their conduct in foreign countries and whatnot, there certainly are some bad apples here and there. Sure. And uh, the notion that Donald Trump is, quote, sticking up for warriors is very troubling. Well, and a completely bogus claim, like bald on its face, why somebody doesn't stand up, perhaps even a veteran in the room, and say, well, gee, what about that scam charity fundraiser you were running, uh, purportedly raising money sure. uh, f to be given to veterans? And it was all a fraud. He bought a portrait of himself with that money. Diverted the money to the Trump organization. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this, you believe this guy when he says he's going to fight for the Warriors? <laughs> Come on. Well, he's certainly going to run on re-election regarding this, but I... Semperfy, um, people. Fail to see what he's actually done for veterans. And by the way, in regard to endless wars, uh, you know, the United States has spent close to $6 trillion uh, on the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, we've been in Afghanistan really for 40 years. I think the media misreports this. Yes, the war officially began on the 7th of October. 2001, weeks after 9-11, but we were meddling in Afghanistan and cozying up to the radical Islamic right um, during the 1970s under Ronald Reagan in the 80s, and this, of course, had blowback effects mm -hmm. uh, regarding our um, allies in that region of the world, including the Saudis and Zia-ul-Haq well, the Pakistan. Rise of, uh Osama bin Laden. Yeah, and he was part of that. He was part of the Saudi Saudi uh, element of the uh, fights in Afghanistan. Yeah, and against um, the Russians, there simply is no evidence that Donald Trump is ending endless wars. There's uh, been an escalation of uh, bombing in Afghanistan recently. Uh, the troops have been diverted. Uh, Donald Trump actually dispatched 14,000 more troops to the Persian Gulf in response to these oil facilities that were attacked uh, several months ago. Still no official investigation or confirmation about who was behind those ta attacks and whatnot. And we've seen this incredible unrest in Iraq. Um, the number of dead people in Iraq now is 400 where we still have 15,000 troops stationed in Iraq. Um, let's compare that to Hong Kong. You know, we, we, mm. we get all this hyperbole about what the Chinese government is doing in Hong Kong. I don't think they're doing much. I think they're kind of standing off to the side. And uh, 
certainly advising and, uh, shall we say, wringing their hands about the incompetence of Mrs. Lamb. That's still a simmering pot as opposed to the Iraqi boil over, I mean, but, metaphorically speaking. Let's remember that Hong Kong is was a British colony. It's not officially a Chinese uh, territory until 2047. That's a long way away. So a lot of things can happen. China does have troops stationed in Hong Kong, but uh, there's no evidence that they've used them. So this is more of a, a clash between the Hong Kong police um, and the, the situations are a little comparable in the sense that you don't really know who's behind the violence. Hmm. Um, in other words, even in Iraq, with the Iranian embassy being burned down, we don't know who those actors are. These uh, places in the Middle East have an incredible number of factions, rivalries within uh, political groups, uh, the use of disinformation and propaganda. Well, and a provocateur. The, yeah, muddle the picture. And who, of course, can forget that G. Gordon Liddy and E. Howard Hunt, as sort of a, a side job, like to go around beating up war protesters. <laughs> Liddy, Liddy bragged about it. Yeah, one time there was some Nixon money, I believe, that uh, paid some longshoremen or uh, oh, teamsters yeah. mm -hmm. to go beat up some uh, anti-war Hippies. So sometimes when there are protests, the, 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 the orchestrators of the violence uh, remain unknown and sometimes actually uninvestigated. Mm -hmm. You just simply don't know, well, who threw that Molotov cocktail that got everything out of control? Well, sometimes we don't know. And uh, <clears throat> I guess uh, of even greater concern than this... Uh, Silly celebration of NATO's 70th year, um, something that Trump, of course, wants to pretty much pull out of and eliminate, uh, courtesy of his marching orders from Vladimir Putin. Uh, remember that Vladimir Putin uh, worked for the KGB. Uh, the KGB, their main policy was to divide Europe and the United States. He's never had such a pliant ally. Never has a president in American history been so serviceable to the interests of uh, the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union. And while, Pu while Putin, it's now called Russia, do not be confused. Putin has uh, ambitions to become a Joe Stalin-type mm -hmm. figure. He is trying to get back territory. Imperial aspirations. Yes, territory that the— what I would call them. Catherine the Great and other uh, monarchs from long ago uh, coveted for a variety of reasons. Um, I guess Apple, by mistake, has put Crimea into the <laughs> Russian territory. I'm not sure that's by mistake. Yeah. I think that's allowing uh, yeah. regional power brokers to determine what are the permissible sure. depictions of representations of reality so that if you're using an apple product in russia i think it's just it, it won't let you see it any other way and of course china has similar uh, preoccupation with um, what you see in reality is not actually happening and of course far more important than the nato uh, celebration which i don't really have a big opinion on 
yes, let the champagne flow and have a parade and whatnot. It's going to be a jittery uh, affair, I think, at best. So. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> Will he say or do something stupid or both? In the past, he's been a little uh, uh, misbehaving at these NATO summits. Uh, but, of course, more important is the, is the global um, ecological summit going on in Madrid. Oh, he's not even going to that, though, is he? No. And mean- apparently we're not even sending representatives. And, of course, Madrid is uh, pinch hitting for uh, Chile. Chile had has, has their protests oh, yep. ongoing. So they had to move it from Santiago to Madrid. Um, you know, just an example and, and another thing. They can't, they can't send Henry Kissinger as a representative because... Spain has an extradition treaty with Chile, and of course, Henry Kissinger is still a wanted man in Chile. And of course, I don't have any problem with news reporting that um, Vladimir Zelensky is going to meet with Putin uh, quite shortly to uh, discuss ending the war uh, in the Ukraine and Russia. That would actually be a good development. Um, but one of the things that never ceases to amaze me about the Donald unit, uh, there's been an effort, uh, over the past year or so to reduce the use of plastic straws, you know, at our restaurants and fast food joints and, and whatnot. And while plastic, producing plastic straws is not going to save the planet. How bizarre to hear that Donald Trump is now manufacturing plastic straws and that campaign officials, according to um, a report that popped up on the 14th of September, are siphoning off straws. According to data shared by the Trump campaign officials this week, almost 55,000 packets of straws have been sold netting over 823000 in sales. So Trump is going around America selling plastic straws in defiance of what sensible people are doing globally to reduce the use of straws. Now, some people need to use straws. Okay, you're an alcoholic and you got the shakes. <laughs> or you've had oral surgery of some sort. Or you're, you you have problems uh, holding a cup for whatever reason. There are situations where using a straw makes sense. And I will admit, uh, when I was a cab driver, I would occasionally get a drink and use a plastic straw because I've got that little cup holder right there. And you don't want the liquid sure, sloshing about, jostling around creating a mess. <clears throat> but by all means, when restaurants say we're not going to automatically give you a straw and we're going to try and reduce this, for gosh sakes, let's do it. But to exploit a, a, an environmental situation like that to make money is well, just unbelievable. It's one of those sort of bogus non-issue cultural issues sure. that is... Uh, Kind of referencing the the nanny state, like how dare they tell me that smoking cigarettes is bad for my health? Uh, I'm going to continue to smoke twenty packs a day. Um, the resentment of being told something that you should 
try to do because it's actually in everybody's long-term interests. Is That's just too much thinking for some people who are happy to use a straw at every possible opportunity. I mean, all it requires is just a little bit of imagination to, okay, I buy a beverage like this every day, maybe every other day. Uh, that's just me personally. That's, oh, wow, okay, that's almost 30 straws a month just in the garbage. Yeah. And uh, and they're now packaging selling. is one of our greatest sure. uh, nightmares with regard to waste management and so forth. It's something that the consumer is trapped in, uh, even to the extent whereby here in Ann Arbor we have a very good recycling program. Um, other major cities still don't have one. And then even when you do have a city like ours, which enjoys a good one, it's the consumer who puts the labor in to minimize and mitigate the packaging overflow. Sure. The industry itself takes no interest in finding ways to reduce it because ultimately, from a manufacturer standpoint, I'm afraid uh, that a lot of the packaging that we're using and being bought and sold as an incidental sideline to the product you're actually consuming is simply waste product that they can this is a good way for them to utilize and optimize some degree of profit or savings off of an, uh, an otherwise waste product, plastic. Well, well, and even to make matters worse, it's used to to calculate GDP, GNP. Mm. Robert Kennedy, when he ran for president in the 68, pointed out that not all growth is good. Pollution is bad. So the the overuse of plastic straws, and by the way, you now can buy... Uh, metal straws, reusable straws that you, of course, have Those to... Those could be dangerous, of course, if you got one jammed in your throat. <laughs> On God. <laughs> I'm scared of that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, be prepared to die. <laughs> yeah. I demand satisfaction with my metal straw. <laughs> be prepared to die. Your flimsy MAGA straw is... It's the Princess Bride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mandy Patankin. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. But yeah, you have to clean the straw out with a with a brush. But uh, you know, being more aware of the of, you know the problem with plastic straws because they are not recyclable. They will jam up the machines, so they just get tossed in the. Uh, well, they end up jammed in the blowholes of a thousand dolphins. You know, yeah, just floating end up in, in the, the ocean. ocean. And 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 this is sorry for the graphic image there. Is 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 becoming worse and worse. I mean, we're we're they're finding more of these beach <clears throat> mammals that have extraordinary quantities of plastic in their well, bodies. Actually, uh, measurable from the air, floating yeah. clusters and masses of plastic waste mass up in the Alps. Up. In the Andes, mm. up in um, up in mountains that are like uh, sixteen thousand feet above uh, sea level, and of course, recently um, <clears throat> we had a report about birds. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of fond of birds. I think they're intriguing. They don't hurt anybody. I love they add to the music of our lives. Love watching the even a woodpecker go at it on the tree out in front of my my uh my house but uh, it it is reported that the number of birds in the United States and Canada has fallen by 29% since 1970 uh this from a uh report dated uh the 20th of September um there are 2.9 billion fewer birds taking wing than there were two, 50 years ago 
And uh, this is very troubling. This is another species that is disappearing in our midst because of plastic straws, partially, because of environmental degradation. And uh, what's going on? Pesticides. Pesticides. Agricultural uh, chemicals. DDT. And, and yeah, screwing up the, uh, the, uh, the food chain and all of that. So, you know. So Greta is right. Yes. <laughs> the young people have every right to be mad and uh, very deeply concerned. Uh, so it's probably just as well that uh, Trump will not bother uh, with the climate thing in Madrid, but let's hope that some serious work does occur there and that uh, Greta and her uh, righteous anger continue to motivate young people. Yes, indeed. And, uh, well, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this in, these impeachment hearings proceed. As I noted last week, Jared Nadler has not really been attacked much by Trump. Uh, compared to Adam Schiff and uh, oh, and there's a couple of real grade A knuckleheads uh, on the Republican side of that committee. Uh, Louis Gohmert. Oh yeah, you can expect some profoundities, profundities, and profanities from him. And uh, Matt Gates. He's uh, the snarling frat boy uh, of Florida. Lou, Louis Gohmert is worth the price of admission. <laughs> For some reason, he reminds me of that uh, grocer in Green Acres. <laughs> Mr. Haney. The other guy. Mr. Haney was the salesman. Oh, right. Haney, I get a vibe yeah, off of uh, yeah, Senator he, he, John Kennedy from Louisiana. Yeah, he's funny. because he's, he's a slick talker, that one. It was the Ukraine what done it. And he's got those great country witticisms that make him entertaining. Um, so, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see uh, how this proceeds. Will As they call witnesses to appear before the Judicial Committee, before they... Uh, even get around to drafting the articles is what I'm wondering. Yes, and we are out of time uh, here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Thanks to Andrew for engineering. Real quickly, I want to note that between March and November of 2016, Roger Stone had 39 calls with Mr. Trump, 126 calls with um, Rick Gates, and 153 calls with Paul Manafort. Uh, Donald Trump's problems are just starting. <laughs> he ain't out of the woods yet. So we're out of time. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next on this fine station. Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. Ozone House is the only agency in Washtenaw County providing free services to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, and questioning youth. If you need a safe and supportive space to deal with challenges presented by community, peers, or family, call Ozone House at 734-662-2222, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Ozone House offers free counseling, a weekly support group, and a weekly art and social group for LGBTQ youth. Call 734-662-2222. Ozone House. There is a safe place. Some music 
is all about right here and right now. Some music 